Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Ian Price Murphy, who is the CEO of Moxie Bookkeeping. Ian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and we like to jump right in. So if we could start with just hearing a little bit more about you and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Oh, what do I like to do for fun? I um, I love dancing and I don't do it anywhere near enough, especially, you know, pandemic. Um, and I also love the Scottish Highland games, which I don't know if you know what these things are. It's basically a form of entertainment that revolves around picking up heavy stuff and throwing it. So it's, it's one step more entertaining, um, than just going to the gym and, and lifting heavy things and you get to wear kilts and it's outside. So it's super fun. Gotcha. Wait, so do you participate in these or do you just watch? Heck yeah. No, I do. them. I, I am not a runner. I hate running. I don't care for much exercise, but uh, I have a farm body. I have a farm girl body, uh, you know, stuck in the city. And it turns out that what my body likes doing most is picking up heavy things and throwing them. So that's what I do for fun. <laughs> that is epic. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, tell us a little bit more about Moxie Bookkeeping. So Moxie Bookkeeping was founded by me in 2003. Uh, it was the moment that I went from being a freelancer to being an employer. It was when we hired our first employee who's still with us, which is awesome. Um, and how I became a freelancer was that I had a bankruptcy when I was in my mid-20s because um, I was given some decent, but not very sophisticated advice, work hard and you will succeed. I think many of us have heard that, especially if we have, you know, older parents. Um, it's not, not true. It's just not true. <laughs> right. So, so I found myself working incredibly hard at some incredibly underpaid jobs. Uh, and I did not have the financial literacy to recognize exactly what the problem was. And so each month when, you know, I was a little bit short on my expenses because I'd had a slow shift at work, or maybe I'd been sick, or maybe I had a roommate that skipped out without paying their portion of the phone bill, um, you know, I would, I would close that gap by putting my gas and my groceries on my credit card. And unfortunately, very quickly, that spiraled into tens of thousands of dollars worth of debt, mostly, unfortunately, mostly interest charges, right? I probably paid that original debt multiple times over, but was left with so much debt that at my current um, horrid, horridly low rate of pay, it would have taken me the rest of my natural life to pay that off. Uh, and so I chose to um, put my ego in my back pocket and suck it up and, and file for bankruptcy, which felt like it felt like a moral failing given the upbringing that I was, you know, I'm a woman of my word. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I was extending that courtesy to 
um, major multinational corporations who really didn't care at all about me or my situation. Or again, the fact that I'd paid that original debt a couple of times, they just wanted their, you know, 24.99% on whatever I owed this month. So all the classic mistakes, all of them. And I'm so thankful that I did because I did it early and I did it in my personal life, not, not business. And I was able to take that uh, slap in the face that the universe delivered to me and parlay that into a career of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to file for bankruptcy now, but I'm recognizing that that's because I clearly don't understand how this money stuff works and gosh, darn it, I'm going to go learn. And I have, I love that. I love that. Well, awesome. I hate it, but I'm glad you love it. <laughs> I hated it. It was awful. I don't, I don't wish that on anyone. I love it for you now. I love it for me now too. <laughs> awesome. And so really that bankruptcy is what plunged you into freelancing. And then tell me about some of the adversity you hit as a freelancer. So I think again, you know, one of the things that I feel really lucky about was the reason it threw me into freelancing was because I realized no one's going to pay me what I'm worth unless I demand it. And so, you know, one of the sort of final straws was when I was working for the, the employer that I was working for before I went out on my own, um, she had hired me to be a receptionist, but I became very quickly her office manager and I was negotiating contracts and, you know, interest rates and doing everything I could to help her save her business. Cause most business owners don't, know the money stuff either, right? It's never taught to us. It's so unfortunate. We're never told what, you know, unless we've got really um, uh, smart, caring parents in a very particular way, we don't have access to this information. Um, and so, so, you know, I was getting paid $9 an hour to run her office full-time, no benefits. And I was like, you know, most people that do this kind of work get paid more like, $20 an hour. Do you think maybe you could pay me 10? So mindset issue, right? Because again, I thought, well, I'm, if, if she's not willing to pay me, obviously I'm not working hard enough. I'm not proving my own value instead of correctly defining, focusing on what I can change versus what I can't change. I can't change her. I can't change her actual, her financial situation. And so I, I, I realized I have to decouple, I have to pull apart and not wait for someone else to tell me what they can afford to pay me. I need to do that myself. So freelancing for me, the big change was I'm going to charge what I'm worth. And I started charging $25 an hour as a freelance bookkeeper. And it's only gone up from there because I know the value that I can provide. So now when I work hard, I'm working hard for people who agree. Yes, that's valuable. Yes, that's what I need. Yes, I'm willing to pay you that. That is so important. That is yep. so important. That mindset issue. Honestly, I'm uh, struggling with that part right now and going into like coaching people. And I'm like, a lot of the mentorship that I'm receiving right now, they're talking about, look at the, don't like focus on your low self-confidence of what you think you're worth. They're like, focus on the value that you're providing for the other person. Absolutely. And if you can transform like their emotion from like really negative emotion to really positive emotion, and that benefits multiple areas of their life, how much would somebody pay for that? And then it's like, that's like where that value is. And so if you can take stress, which is like 
one of the top killers in the nation off of some business owners for like 25 an hour. Like, yes, they're paying right. that all day, you know? It's like, all day. That is not my rate anymore. P.S. Awesome. That, that got left behind in the 90s. Um, but yes, you know, and, and I think what you say is really interesting because we, we hear a lot about this imposter syndrome. And I actually would put forth, I don't know that, I mean, sometimes, yes, it is legitimately low self-esteem. Sometimes it's legitimately unresolved trauma. And, and I think most of the time, I could be wrong. This is just an opinion. I think most of the time, the worry is not, I don't really think I can do this, but how do I correctly find the people who agree how valuable this is? And there are so many unfortunate parallels between business and dating, but they're important to remember, right? You should not be the perfect partner for everyone. If you're doing that, you are bending yourself into all kinds of unhealthy shapes for you. You need to stand in your own integrity and be like, yeah, you know, maybe I'm funny looking and maybe I don't do my dishes and maybe I forget to, you know, whatever it is. We all have our flaws, but there are people out there who know it doesn't matter what our flaws are. Of course we have inherent value as humans. Of course we are, you know, unless we're trying to be jerks, which hopefully we're not, of course we're lovable. Of course we're worthy. That just comes with the, with the meat suit that we get to wear around for a while, right? All we got to do is breathe. And we are in fact, worthy humans. So I think a lot of our questioning of that does not necessarily come from, it can from focusing on our flaws too much. It comes from, will anyone else see the light in me? Will anyone else agree that I burn as brightly as I know that I do? And why are, why am I having trouble getting the feedback of that? And so I want us to stop blaming ourselves for serving, you know, the, the best food we've got to someone that's allergic to it. doesn't matter how good your peanut sauce is. If the person you're offering it to doesn't like peanuts or is allergic to peanuts. Right. So like, let's just get out of that kitchen and go find someone that, that values us. Yeah, absolutely. If we can find them. (laughs) (laughs) well awesome tell us a bit more about you've talked about your journey with financial literacy and some business owners not knowing it and a lot of people listening to this podcast probably don't understand it like they want to so tell us about some of the core principles of financial literacy yeah um, the biggest and most important principle that I can that I can tell us or remind us all is it is a learnable skill right? The reason that I start by being like, Hey, I'm a bookkeeper. I'm your financial person. And I had a bankruptcy isn't, um, isn't because I think that means that I'm awesome at my job, but because I want to be very upfront with, listen, I'm human too. And I will never make you feel shameful about what you didn't know. You didn't know. It's not your fault. As we've heard the quote from Ms. Maya Angelou a million times, no better, do better, but you can't do better if you don't know better. So rather than sort of leaning back into this well-meaning but incomplete advice of work hard and the money will come, like, nope, let's look for some metrics of, is it working? Is my hard work effective? And is it the right amount of hard work rather than this grind culture that Americans just love to like, you know, work ourselves to death? I don't love that. Right. It's gotta, it's gotta be fun. It's gotta be fun. 
gotta have time for the Scottish Highland game. Gotta have time for the Scottish Highland game <laughs> or whatever, whatever your particular, you know, thing that energizes you and makes you feel better is. Absolutely. Even if it's sitting quietly and reading a book. So it's a learnable skill. Um, a lot of people are downright terrified of numbers. Uh, again, you know, I did not come from a money background. I had to learn this stuff the hard way. Hopefully I learned it the hard way so that you don't have to learn it the hard way. But I like to talk about learning, you know, some of the money stuff, like learning to drive a car. Um, I learned to drive a car on my father's 1973 Volkswagen Bug. That it's like basically learning how to drive in a soda can. I was terrified. I was so sure that I was going to hit the wrong lever and like the car was going to explode, you know, killing me, my dad and everybody else on the road in a five mile radius. Or if I was going to look a blink and hit a bicyclist, the fear was so deep and real cars are dangerous. Volkswagen's not so much, <laughs> but you know, and, and, and if we can all just sort of remember back to that moment of it, it's scary until, you know, and then with a little bit of practice and guidance, I'm going to say probably within six months, the vast majority of us were flying down the highway with the radio cranked and the window down and singing at the top of our lungs, right? Like, yeah, maybe getting on and off the freeway was scary for a little while. And then it wasn't. And it just became part of what we do. Finance can be the same way. The problem is the industry kind of sucks. And what I mean by that is too few bookkeepers and accountants have any kind of compassion, we're, we're all a little bit guilty of being task-focused people, right? We're very like data-driven robots. And so, and so it, it takes a special kind of financial advisor to be able to say, of course you didn't know this. I didn't tell you. Where would you have gotten this information from? And it's our responsibility as people in the financial industry to not overwork ourselves so that when our clients, who are the ones supporting us, ask us a question, we're not so busy that we can't answer it fully, completely, with attention and care and compassion, right? The other issue is that what we need as business owners, the information that we need is actually not the information provided by bookkeeping or accounting. Bookkeeping and accounting is looking at yesterday's news, what already happened, and now here it is in black and white print that we can read the little story of what our numbers did. But we as business owners need to know, okay, cool, that was yesterday. What about today? More importantly, what about tomorrow? And so, you know, when you ask your bookkeeper, or your accountant, your tax accountant, what can I afford? Am I doing okay? How do I plan? Am I paying myself the right amount? they're more often than not going to shrug their shoulders because that's actually not their job. It's like going to a dermatologist and asking him about your elbow pain. I mean, yeah, I'm a doctor, but I don't know about that. And so there's this, this kind of giant dead zone in the world of small business of how do I answer the question that is most important to me, which is, am I going to be okay tomorrow? And that's where this cash management system that I'm so in love with comes in called Profit First. I love it. Me too. I see that book back there that says Profit First. There's a book back there that's Profit First. I actually pulled one up here as well. Um, so there's the original book that's behind me. It's called Profit First. It's by a guy named Mike 
Michalowicz, which is impossible to spell, but if you start, it'll just come up. However, um, my dear friend, Suzanne Mariga, who is another Profit First professional, wrote her own version of it. I'll hold it up and see if we can get it in the camera called Profit First for Minority Business Enterprises. Here's her oh. name, Suzanne Mariga. You could just see from her lovely face. She's such a good person. And the forward and, is by the other author. And the forward is by the other author, right? So this is like completely licensed. It's the same system. The difference is, and the reason that I love Suzanne's book a little bit more than I love Mike's book is because Mike has a very particular perspective as every author does. His perspective is as a, you know, um, young upper middle class or middle class, I don't really know, maybe he wouldn't identify as that white male who was in a, a, a situation where he was running a corporation with multiple employees. Hmm. That story is not my story. And Suzanne comes from this perspective of um, having a lot more of the mindset in the book, which I really appreciate because that's so fundamental to me. Her story sounds more like I was the first in my family too. And I just resonate with that a lot more, right? I never was the head of a, we actually have 15 employees now, but we've had this slow, steady, organic growth. I never like started a startup and hired a bunch of people to do a thing that again, that's just not the way that I have. That's just not my life. So a lot of business books are written from a very narrow perspective, not a wrong perspective, just a narrow perspective. And so people like me that spend much of my life reading business books, what I'm doing is sifting through to try to find the nuggets, right? That's not me. I don't identify with that. I think you're kind of a jerk for having made that decision. That's not what I, that's not how I would have treated my people, but oh, here we go. Here's the piece of information that I need. And I just find Suzanne's book much more friendly and accessible for me. So gotcha. there's the alternative. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Well, let's hear a bit more about your motivation and what gets you up and keeps you going every day. Um, I mean, I think as you can hear, I'm extraordinarily passionate about the money stuff, you know, which is also mindset stuff. Uh, I don't ever want anyone to suffer the way that I had to suffer to reach the answers that I had to reach. I know that this is not in the day and age we're in now, it's not a matter of not having the information available. It's knowing what information is the right information, right? And what the right, the right now information. And more importantly, you know, it's it, knowledge in and of itself is not power. Hmm. Knowledge in action is, is, is power. And so having someone that you know, like, and trust helping guide you through some of those decisions by saying, here's the system. How do you want to apply it? what feels good, what feels easy, let's start there. And then I'll sort of be like, well, here's this other piece. I know you really don't want to do your bookkeeping, but you kind of got to, because you have to be able to file your taxes. That's a, that's a law thing. We got to do that. But you don't ever have to be an expert in it, right? So, so I like to think of it like I'm kind of the mechanic to make sure that the, the engine of your business is running well, uh, but you're still in the driver's seat. And so you also sort of need someone to step into the role of navigator, if you will, right? You tell me where you want to go, but you also have to tell me how you want to get there because the, the trip that I designed depends on how much time do you have? How fast do you want to go? How much gas do we have? You know, um, do you want to take the scenic route or the like 
straight, straight shot. So all of these things are, are really more of an advisory role. And I, my focus is making sure that people really have the answers that they want. I can't see, I can't even tell, answer what gets me excited without talking about what gets me excited because my father's a jazz musician. My mother was an entrepreneur, right? And so, and so I know fundamentally for myself and for my family, I cannot show up as my best self if I'm super stressed out. I cannot be the wife that I want to be, the mother that I want to be, the friend that I want to be, the neighbor that I want to be if I'm, if I'm freaking out about money or, or anything really. So I have to begin to learn to feed myself well with the things that, that want to make me jump out of bed in the morning, which is not always easy, especially as entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, we, we, we come with a particular personality and usually that personality is tied to uh, depression, anxiety, right? A little bit of like ADD in there, a little bit of OCD in there. That's what makes us great entrepreneurs. And we need to, we need someone to help guide us around which of those shiny objects is really going to help us and which is just a distraction. So yeah, you know, I mean, I, again, when we, when we can really take care of ourselves, when we can value ourselves at a point where we say, I know that I am, I know that the value that I'm providing far exceeds what I'm charging you, but what I'm charging you is what I need to, to earn so that I can show up fully for you so that I can be present and just the ripples out from there. We know this with kindness as well, right? You do one small kind act, you change somebody's day, you might change their life, right? Absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us a bit more about your dreams, goals, and vision for your life and business. <laughs> um, so I, I have a huge vision for my business, not because I am so attached to growing, but because I just love to dream big. My goal is to write um, a check for $1 million to the charity of my choice in one, in one fell swoop. So we do a lot of um, charity work. 1% of the planet is a, is a organization that we belong to where we commit 1% of our total income and they check us. They look at our tax filing to make sure we're really doing it, that we will donate that much to environmental causes. We try to match that also with social justice causes. But you know, the, the reason that I believe I'm here, I believe my job on the planet is to leave it better than I found it and to bring as many people up with me as I can or help them move well beyond me because I know I don't want to work 20 hours you know, a day. Some people have that energy. Great. If I can help you work an effective 20 hours a day, cause that's your happy place. Then, then I so love to see people blow by me in success because yeah. Um, so that's what I want. I want, I want to be able to have, I want to be able to be the change that I want to see in the world. That's end of story. That's what it is. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So you're on your way to a hundred million dollars in a year then to write a $1 million check. So we're, we are close to breaking my, I think we're going to make a hundred, uh, sorry. I think we're going to make $1 million in our top line revenue next year, which is huge because I think only two, 3% of female entrepreneurs make more than a million dollars. But yeah, we're going to have to grow a whole lot more than that or get way more efficient because top line, as we know, top, like the, what's the saying? Top line is vanity. Bottom line is sanity. Um. So yeah, we're going to have to, that's the thing, right? First we top line a million, then we bottom line a million, then we donate a million. 
that's that's the that's the street the three-step plan sounds so easy when you say it like that <laughs> such hard work yeah but it's fun awesome well if there are one or two people that you could meet right now and this can be a specific person or a type of person and they can help you take the next step towards both being the change you want to see in the world and writing that million dollar check for the charity of your choice yeah. who would they be and how would they do it So I, you know, the, the person that I think would be the most exciting for me to meet right now is someone who is the head of an organization that is as passionate about bringing financial literacy to everyone as I am, and who could help amplify my message so that I don't have to spend a bunch of time on marketing, which is really not my favorite thing to do at all. I love that. So somebody who's the head of an organization that loves bringing financial literacy to everybody like you do, but also is specializing in marketing. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of, you know, I partnerships are the kind of marketing that I enjoy, that they're relationship based, that I like you and you like me. And, you know, so it would be a head of an organization that's not necessarily doing, you know, probably they do something else. Who knows what um, national organization of let's just call them. Um, and that they would say what, what you're offering fits with our audience. We'd love to have you speak to all of our members and, and share the, the wisdom that you have to help them find their own success. I don't know how you feel about Robert Kiyosaki, but you could write a book with him. I could. Does he offer to co-write books? I know like the Rich Dad series has a bunch of co-authored books, so... Yeah. He's co-authoring with some people. Yep. So I do, I, that is also on the, on the list is that um, I plan to do my own version of Profit First, Profit First for creatives. I do not yet have the licensing rights to that because it's real expensive uh, and I need to get tighter about my message, right? Because you can hear, I'll just talk all day about this, Yeah. but book, we need to be concise in our writing. I feel about words the way most people feel about numbers. So I'm definitely going to need a ghostwriter to, to help me out with that. Um, thankfully, one of my staff is a former high school teacher. So okay. he's very good at helping me hone my message. Um, yeah. So hopefully you will see a book from me soon. Like six months, nine months. <laughs> let's say 12 months. Let's say, let's, I mean, yeah, let's put that stake in the ground. Let's say December, 2022, there will be. Definitely. I could totally do that. I can do some version. It might not be a published physical book. It might be an ebook, but I'm going to have a book by this time next year. Absolutely. There we go. I love it. Everybody who's listening to this podcast is going to be <laughs> looking for that book. Now I'm accountable, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I got to do it. <laughs> awesome. So partnerships with organizations, is there any other type of person or specific person that you're looking to meet? Um, I, I, I'm always looking to meet people who, who are doing good in the world. Like it doesn't have to be a, um, I can make use of you connection. If you, if you're just an awesome human, I want to know you. Mm. <laughs> doesn't really narrow it down. Does it actually, I do have a specific request. This is not for me, but for a client of mine who I love, she is a DEI consultant and she wants to meet somebody at Sesame street. Okay. So if you have a connection at Sesame street and I should, cause I actually, one of our other clients um, did the very cool documentary called street gang about Sesame street. So I've been 
I've been bugging them a lot to be like, you gotta, you gotta talk to Angela. You gotta meet Angela. Um, but yes, if anybody has an in at Sesame street, please email me because I know a amazingly wonderful human who's trying to get a connection over there. There we go. Awesome. Uh, what other things could everyday people do to help you accomplish your dreams and goals? I'm thinking, I mean, two things. One is, of course, if you feel like um, what I'm offering resonates with what you feel like you need, call me up. We're always taking on new clients. I would love to make connections and work with people who are ready to make a change. And um, if you, if either I'm not your cup of tea, which is totally fine, or you're not ready to do this work with anyone outside of yourself, please just take good care of yourself. That actually helps me with my goals in life. If, if I know that, you know, that I'm reminding someone on a whatever afternoon at whatever time of day of like, oh, right. Let me just like slow down a little bit and stop at, you know, stop driving and drink my tea on the side of the road instead of just rushing to my next thing. Or let me just stop and like gaze deeply into my child's eyes and just be like, I love you, man. Right. Like more of that, more of that in the world, please. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Okay. First question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. I can't do podcasts. I'm so bad at podcasts. I have to watch them. So like visual podcasts, I love, I can do the video and, um, but I'm not an auditory learner. So I have to have some other sensory something happening. So just listening while I'm trying to do something else. Mm. So we can just scratch that one off the list. Um, are we talking business personal or both? Um, either. All right. I'll tell you my favorite business book and my favorite personal movie. Um, you know, again, profit first is gotta be my favorite book simply because I mean, obviously I'm biased. Hello. The reason this is my favorite book is because it answered the question. I know I'm supposed to pay myself first, but how am I supposed to get that done when I keep running out of money? So I love it. I, it's simple. It's accessible. You know, if you're a DIY kind of person, you love doing things on your own. The entire system is in the book. You can read and implement all on your own. Most people don't have that level of motivation. I know that I certainly don't around my own health and fitness. I have a coach to help keep me on track. Right. So that's what I do for others. Um, my favorite movie is a movie called Harold and Maude. Uh, it's very dark. It's from the seventies. It was filmed in the Bay area where I grew up and it's about, um, it's about a 79 year old Holocaust survivor who falls in love with, a a young man who loves to fake his own death. It's hilarious in a really dark way. <laughs> uh, and it's, and the soundtrack is Cat Stevens. Who's just, he's just good, clean fun. Gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Well, what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Um, picking up heavy things. I love going to the gym. It sounds so weird. Um, you know, cause I don't feel like I look like someone who loves to go to the gym, but remembering to set aside that hour in the morning for myself uh, improves my entire day physically mentally it gives me you know better endurance more energy 
Um, and, and it took me a really long time to find the kind of physical movement that I actually enjoyed, right? Because what's often out there on the fitness landscape is like Jane Fonda or, you know, Zumba or whatever. That's all fun too. I love to dance. I love some Zumba, but it did not give me, you know, everyone's talking about like going to the gym and getting endorphins. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I hate the gym until I found the right, right. Until I found the right kind of exercise for, for my particular whatever. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I love strength training. I love doing that for myself. Me too. (laughs) Right. It's awesome. I have no idea. So awesome. (laughs) What's one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to either a meet that potential partner who's at another business or b get closer to writing that check for a million dollars um yeah it's it's continuing to do the things that i know work and i think that's true for all of us right it's consistency it's remembering to show up not beating myself up when i didn't show up on wednesday and just showing up on thursday instead um you know again as we know from from taking care of our, our bodies that three times a week is great, but once a week is certainly better than no times a week. And so if you've, if all you've got is the energy to do a little, that's great. That's enough, right? Don't, don't beat yourself up for what you didn't do. Praise yourself for what you did, right? Make sure you are celebrating your accomplishments and your wins. So To me, that means continuing to meet people like you. Thank you so much for hosting me on here and giving me an opportunity to, you know, talk wildly about these things that I love doing. Um, Because again, you know, these are the connections that I value is, is, is having a a new um, person in my network that I now want to take care of. And, you know, you help amplify my message and, um, yeah, you know, continuing to help myself as well as others really focus on the cash in the bank profitability, not the profit on paper profitability and, and being very clear and sustainable and making sure that we're providing more value than we charge for and charging how much we need to, that'll get us all to, to a million dollar check. There we go. I love it. Now I want to talk a little bit more about consistency. It is something that is extremely critical to success in life in general, but a lot of people struggle with it. So tell us about your journey with consistency and also for the people out there who are struggling with it, how they can become more consistent. Yes. And, and so again, I think that there is um, an impossible standard that has been set for us in this country. I once worked for a woman, uh, she ran a nonprofit and she legitimately was one of these people that only needed four hours of sleep a night. That's crazy. Right? Like that isn't for sure a chemical imbalance. It's a great one to have, but it's, but it's out of balance. Um, So she just, you know, she was awake more than the rest of us. So she had this natural advantage. So of course she was wildly successful. I mean, not of course, just because you don't sleep much does not equal success, but in her case, it did. Sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes it is the exact opposite, right? Some of that has to do with, are we choosing to not sleep or do we truly not need a lot of sleep. So letting go of comparison, don't, don't, you know, again, don't try to set yourself up for failure of, oh, I should be at this level by now, or I should be able to get so much done a day. If you are someone, and I have a lot of, you know, business owners that I know and love that 
work with chronic illness or, you know, serious depression or just major life challenges, you know, the realities of the world around us are often not kind. There's no way to hustle out of that, right? There are truly forces beyond our control that are pitted against us at some of us more than others. So, so again, you know, don't put yourself in the situation of someone else that does not have your real world challenges, give yourself some grace. And so consistency to me, consistency is an internal way of being. It's not necessarily an external performance. So I can say I am extremely consistent of showing up when the conditions are correct, right? Um, If I'm someone that had a a chronic pain issue, there will be days that, that showing up in the way that I want to is just not an option, or there may be other factors, right? Again, so much of what I dislike about my industry is that you can't afford not to. No, truly, there are moments in life where I can't afford to. And, and don't insult my intelligence as a human by telling me that I don't know my own situation. Come on. That's not nice. It's not fair. So, and that's, and again, that's okay. If we're at a point where we are financially stretched beyond what is healthy, it just is. And we have to take a deep breath and deal with that the best way that we can by looking at what are some of the small changes that I can make to shift that rather than saying I've, I've failed, right? Oh, I'm not, I'm not earning whatever. So I've failed or I, you know, had to sleep through or work through or whatever, through the time that I'd set aside on my Instagram live. I didn't, I didn't do that three times a week. Like my social media person told me to, that's okay. So some of it is find the consistency that is achievable for you. That is reasonable for you. And sometimes again, that's going to look to some other people like you're being wildly inconsistent when truly you are being extraordinarily consistent. So, you know, really listen to your instincts. And, and if you know that your instincts are off kilter, because you may have gotten some very terrible messaging growing up that it's a little hard to let go of, then, then, you know, get someone who will remind you so that you can remind yourself of how awesome you are, of how, you know, you've survived every bad day so far until today. Hopefully we'll choose to survive today as well, but to not, you know, one of the things that I've really loved um, about the horror show that is this pandemic is how people can no longer hide behind the veneer of professionalism right? Their kids are on Zoom with them. Their cat's walking across. We can no longer pretend that our business selves are separate from our whole selves, right? The way that we eventually had to admit it's not the mind-body connection. That's all one thing, yep. right? The body affects the mind. The mind affects the body. It's, it's, it's samesies. So good. So, right. So like, so how do we show up as um, authentically as is safe, for us, because again, there are some people for whom showing up authentically as their real selves is truly unsafe, right? So don't do that. And don't let anyone tell you that you should do that. Always listen to the advice that's being given and say, does this work for me? And if not, 
I'm not going to hold myself to that impossible standard. Absolutely. I love that. Well, I got one last question for you. Requires a bit of pretext. Okay. So you know how there are people on the planet who have a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change. Sometimes they live their whole lives like that and die like that. Other times they will change and they'll have a growth change to a growth mindset, willing to accept help, willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Well, hopefully it's a, hopefully it's a, an opportunity. Hopefully there's something in life. And I think there's some natural moments built in, right? We turn 18, we turn 21, we turn 30, 40, 50, 60. There's some natural external moments where we are called to pause and evaluate, um, you know, graduating from high school, another one. So there's all these opportunities that present themselves of something is dramatically shifting right now. What do you want to do about it? And, and some people are far enough along that they can take that opportunity and be like, it's the new year. I'm going to be really clear about what my goals are. I'm going to be really clear about what the baby steps are that are going to make that goal inevitable. And I'm going to begin to take some consistent daily action towards that. Awesome. And then there's folks like me who need, <laughs> who need to go through a bankruptcy and be, you know, dragged along the bottom for a minute before I go, Ooh, this is terrible. Something's got to change, right? Sometimes it takes, sometimes it takes awful things to get us to that catalyst moment. Um, you know, and I think that that is the, again, it's, it's why I love that you love it, even though it sucked at the time. I, I am so grateful that that happened because without that, without that bottoming out, I never would have um, chosen to become financially literate. I could have lived my whole life giving that power away to somebody else yeah. instead of like, now I own my own home and I love my house. I love my house. I can afford to have a dog. I love my dog, right? There's so many things that I have slowly built up that again, I have to remember to like, look around and be like, dude, I have come so far. I have come further than I ever expected. And, and it feels so normal now that I forget what a struggle it, it was at times when I had that things can't change mindset, or this is the way it is mindset until, you know, somebody somewhere decided to give me a little shake and be like, nah, it doesn't have to be. And here's the, you know, here's the, here's the painful experience you're going to have to get so that you wake up and agree. It does not have to be this way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I'm curious about people who kind of have that dramatic thing happen to them, hit rock bottom and they never change. Why do you think that is? Um, such a deep, interesting question. If I were a, a psychologist, I might have a better answer. I think my short assumption, the assumptive answer, my opinion, let's just say is pain and fear, right? That again, um, most of the people that we see not become who we think they could have become, not really find themselves. It's because someone in their life you know, made them feel unworthy or someone in their culture, someone, the entire culture maybe made them feel unworthy, <laughs> right? So 
So there are, again, there are real barriers. There are, there are true things out there that are not just mindset where we have to grapple with the fundamental power differentials that exist in our culture and how some people are super happy about that. And some people are so exhausted and, and hurt by that or have experienced some real negative consequences to trying to change that the idea of changing is scarier and feels more unsafe than staying where you are. Yeah. And to me, that's the key, to, like to all of the mindset stuff is if you don't feel safe making this change, this change won't happen. Doesn't matter how many positive affirmations you say, right? If you feel like, and this is super common with artists, if you feel like your success will be betraying your artistic values, you're gonna hold yourself back from success no matter what. If you have a family that every time you do well goes, ooh, fancy pants, it's going to be so hard for you to be able to say, how do I negotiate being successful and feeling like my family still loves me, right? How unsafe is that to be like, I don't care what my family thinks about me yep. unless you can replace them with a the chosen family, which a lot of people have to do. So, so I, you know, that's, I, I have so much compassion for people that are stuck. It's so much compassion for people that are that are living along those um, bottom layers, you know, just kind of that tragic hopelessness because um, it means that it means that they were not given the love and support that they deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Ian, thank you for the wonderful interview. Thank you. Absolutely. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Um, I know your audience knows you really well. But I would love to just hear a little bit back about like, give me your stuff. Let's share it again. When was the last time you told everybody what gets you out of bed? What gets you excited? Why are you here? Why are we doing this podcast? Yeah, you know, I haven't done an episode where I go through these questions. Oh, come on, man. Let's do the questions. Okay, cool, cool. I will say I have to jump on another show in 10 minutes. So okay. try to be this will just be the first taste and then you can go into it deeply when I'm not here and I'll, I'll just listen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, do you want me to start with like fun occupation, motivation, dreams, start goal? wherever you want you interview yourself. I'm just here to give you support. Yes. Start okay. with it. Cool. What I like to do for fun, love to play chess, love to watch anime. Um, <laughs> really love helping people accomplish their dreams and goals, which is also my motivation in life. Like I, when I was younger, I played football and I was really good at football. I was really successful in school. I was really good at the things I need to be good at because I saw my family's financial struggle and I was like, I'm going to remedy this. One of my problems in life, honestly, of like always trying to fix things. But when I see them and I'm like, but they can be fixed. I'm like, I really want to go at them. But I'm also like, some things aren't mine to fix. Yes. So that is a challenge that I have to constantly get in my head. Also, why I asked that question, how can you help people that don't want to be helped, basically, because I want to help them, but I know I can't, but I'm like, somebody, somebody out there knows a way. So it's just my- No, they don't. <laughs> I know. The answer is love yourself enough to let them go with love. That's the answer. You cannot help them. You can't. 
All you can do is love them, love them, love them, love them and, and hold them in your heart. The follow-up question is always, how do we create an environment conducive to like making people feel safe enough to, because they're going to have to make that choice, but we can help them feel safe in making it. So, um, but yeah, so that's why motivational life, that's some of the stuff I like to do for fun. Occupation, right now I have a W-2, but podcasting and coaching is my end goal and doing some real estate syndication to create that generational wealth. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Also some day trading with my brother, but that's more of a hobby, less of a solid income. Um, Also dreams and goals. I have two dreams. Financial freedom for myself and my family. Yes. And then spending the rest of my life alleviating poverty around the world. Oh my God, I love it. See, okay. I'm so glad I asked. I, you, The questions you were asking me were telling me that that was right. Like I just get this very warm heart centered vibe from you. And so thank you for sharing that with me, even though it's your podcast, because I want to hear more about that in your podcast no, all yeah. the time. Of course. Of course. I love to talk about it. So um, <laughs> yeah, one or two people I could meet right now that would help me take the next step towards my goal. That is a, that's a tough one that I don't really know because usually when I decide who I need to meet, I go meet them. Yeah, <laughs> love that. Um, the biggest thing was my coaching. Um, I need like clients, profit first. I need cash flow um, in the coaching business. So it's like super connectors. I'm building out a super connector mastermind, basically. We'll, we'll connect We'll execute on four 90-day goals, and we'll also have the intention of helping my podcast guests and the people in the lives of the other super connectors make connections that make things happen and get people unstuck from life. Yes. So uh, clients for that, but also as far as real estate syndication goes, building out my team for that. So anybody who's like on the acquisition side, the asset management side, the um, investor relations side, or the underwriting side. I'll be building out all that stuff. And from the podcast, I'll be building my investor database, the people who I'll partner with. And so I'm big on focusing on my genius zone and then implementing who, not how to, you know, build out systems. And my genius zone is podcasting and helping people with their dreams and goals. So I'm going to do those things and I'm going to build my businesses around those things. I bet you're an amazing coach. (laughs) I can't believe people aren't ringing your phone off the hook. You are going to kill it. You're going to crush it, man. Thank you. Thank I'm you. so glad you've chosen to make coaching a part of that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And yeah, I guess the thing I kind of want to end on, oh, I can say a favorite books real quick. Uh, any, anything Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just love that, man. Uh, also a big fan of uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, The Compound Effect, Atomic yep. Habits, and The Power of Positive Thinking. Yep. Love those books. One way I like to care for myself, the gym, which I have not been doing as much lately and really want to get back to it. I was recording podcasts like a madman and I was doing it at like seven, five and six before and after work. I've freed up that 7 a.m. spot so I can consistently go to the gym at 7 a.m. One action I can take, I think consistently visualizing myself in a successful state as opposed to Uh, my current situation. Like, I think my mind often gets stuck on where I am. So I never give myself the chance to actually see success. And so I think taking, setting aside an intentional time to do that. And then my, uh, my answer to the question, 
the catalyst that brings people to the point or the catalyst that sparks that change from fixed mindset to growth mindset, I feel like it's purpose. Like when you really, really like get in touch with the purpose, the reason you were put on the earth that is unique to you. And then it's something that's like outside of yourself. Cause I feel like our purpose is also naturally tied to serving people. Yep. I mean, that's where we get the most fulfillment serving others and improving others lives. And so I think when people can really find purpose and I was asking the question, why do people at rock bottom sometimes not change? And I think purpose has to do with it. Some people can find purpose when met with rock bottom. Others don't because the people around them keep them from seeing their purpose or they keep themselves from seeing whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, that's kind of me in uh, seven minutes. That's awesome. <laughs> that's super awesome. But yeah. Um, I'm going to take one minute more just to, just to, to call out a new reading of Napoleon Hill, especially for people who feel very service oriented because when you read um, how to influence, win friends and influence people and remember how long ago it was and think about what he was trying to do at the time. If you read that carefully, it's really interesting how many of his suggestions sound like, don't upset anyone, just make them happy. And so, you know, not to, not to say he didn't say some amazing things because he totally did. But for those of us who, again, really like overly care and get over invested in others, it's important to remember the distinction between um, influencing people by bringing them what they need and offering it to them versus trying to show up as a version that they will accept. Yes. And Again, I don't think that's what he was trying to suggest, but, but just to be really clear that as we are influencing people to stay within our own structural integrity as an offer for those who will naturally be attracted to us, rather than how do I not say the difficult thing that you actually need to hear because I'm afraid of offending you and I want to quote unquote influence you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that distinction because some of them are like, I think one of them, there are some conflicting ideas in the book where he's like, sometimes you need to um, like disparage yourself so that the other person like right? stops disparaging you, which is like, right. that's not the best idea for somebody who's like low on self-confidence. Exactly. That is coming from a very particular person at a very particular time, right? Where he's like, Hey, I'm a little, I'm one class down in yeah. social standing than the people who I'm trying to get who to bring me into their world. So like wall street, fine. You can use that tactic, mm -hmm. but I, again, starting with this idea of like, no shame is, uh, is shame is no good. Shame yep. does not move us forward. I, I don't ever want to see anyone disparaging themselves so that it doesn't hurt when someone else does. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, awesome. Ian, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Yes, it was. And if you guys are listening <laughs> to this and you loved what Ian had to say, you vibed with her dreams and her goals, make sure to reach out to her, use her services if you need them and you feel like she is the right person for you and also connect her to that organization that she can partner with. Let's get her on her way to signing that million dollar check and being the change that she wants to see 
in the world. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.